the legal battle between Yuga Labs and Ryder Rips and Jeremy Cahan has come to a conclusion, while the bolstering and posturing of Ryder Rips around his theories of the Board API Club has hit a legal precedent. For me, a legal precedent really means nothing other than Ryder was trying to poke the proverbial bear in the Board API Club leadership. The sheer fact that it has gone this far says something. Yuga Labs, better known as Board Ape Yacht Club, just sued an individual over trademark issues. In less than 60 seconds, I'm going to explain what happened and what this means for NFTs moving forward. Ryder Rips claimed that Board Ape Yacht Club had some ties to neo-Nazi traits within their collection and even within their trademark. If you remember about a year ago, there was even a viral YouTube video that got a couple million views talking about how it was Board Ape Nazi Club. So what Ryder essentially did was he took all of those traits out launched his own collection and considered it conceptual art. While not mentioned in this lawsuit, at least as far as I see, there's also further discussion of what you own when you own an NFT, because technically Ryder was selling token IDs, he wasn't selling the images. All that being said, Huga ended up winning the lawsuit and saying this to Decrypt. This isn't just a win for us, it's a win for the entire Web3 industry to hold scammers and counterfeiters accountable. Lucky Trader points out why this matters because it provides clarity on trademarks and sets a precedent for legal protections in the context of digital ownership, in the lawsuit, Yuga Labs accused Ryder of trademark infringement over a parody of Board Ape Yacht Club's non-fungible tokens or the NFT collection. A California court said that Yuga was entitled to protect the Board Ape Yacht Club trademark and that rips in Cahan's project known as RR slash Board Ape Yacht Club is an artistic expression protected by the First Amendment. The defendant's sale of RR slash Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs is no more artistic than the sale of a counterfeit handbag. This was from U.S. District Judge John Walter in a summary judgment. To me, the judgment seems a bit short-sighted. It seems like a judgment made without understanding the nuances or the fundamentals of NFTs and Ryder's argument. In doing some research, I sourced an article from The Verge and writer Emma Roth, who covers this stuff extensively. In her reporting, she summarizes that Rips and Cahan released these NFTs featuring duplicates of Board 8 Yacht Club artwork and were selling them for less than a high-priced official Board 8 Yacht Club NFT. The collection was supposed to serve as an artistic statement on the nature of NFTs. Get the parody or satire? The collection also publicized Rip's claims that the Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs contained neo-Nazi imagery, something that Yuga Labs has denied, obviously. Parody, satire, pastiche, homage, fan art, IP, fair use, trademark, copyright. What does all this stuff mean for an artist? Really, it takes a court to decide what, <laughs> what is allowable and what isn't. When it comes to fan art, a lot of people online will tell you that it's okay to do if the work is transformative, if you change a certain amount, or if you don't charge for it, or because if it's an original piece, if you aren't making copies, if it's just that one original, that it's okay to do. And the fact of the matter is that is not true. If you're doing fan art of any kind and you don't 
don't have permission to do that from the IP holder, then you are infringing on somebody else's intellectual property. People are doing it and people are getting away with it. Doesn't mean that it's legal. Now, there are instances where you could be safe. You may fall under fair use, or maybe you could be. this could be categorized as a parody or a satire, but that doesn't mean you still can't be taken to court. You can be taken to court for anything. You definitely have a better chance of winning a case if you can prove that the artwork that you're creating is a parody. A lot of fan art out there isn't really parody. It's just doing something in a different style or whatever. It's, it's not really commenting on the work itself, which that's sort of what constitutes parody. So what exactly is parody? Well, if you look at like a Mad Magazine where they're poking fun at, you know, something in particular, like a specific movie or like Weird Al where he'll poke fun at a particular song, that's parody in a nutshell. Despite Ryder's claim that his project is a matter of artistic expression, the court stated the series isn't protected by the First Amendment. Simply a collection of NFTs that point to the same online digital images as the Board Ape Yacht Club collection. The defendant's NFT marketplace sales and Ape Market website contain no artistic expression or critical commentary. Maybe the judge didn't have a sense of humor, and funny enough, I wonder in this day and age if Andy Warhol would have been sued into obscurity with some of his original works, which was definite commentary on popular culture, and he used existing imagery. In a landmark ruling, the U.S. Supreme Court says Andy Warhol violated the copyright of a photo of Prince when he used it as the basis for silk screens back in the 1980s. KDK's Lauren Linder spoke to a legal expert about what this means for Warhol's work and for future artists. She's live outside the Warhol Museum with the details. Lauren. Christine and Ken, a spokesperson for the Warhol Museum, wouldn't comment on the top court's ruling. That decision, the consequences of it remain unclear. A legal expert tells me Warhol's work is likely safe to stay on the walls of museums, but when it comes to reproductions like those souvenirs you buy in the shop inside museums, well, that may come into question. I think visual arts are on the hot seat. Copyright and creative freedom were at the center of the Supreme Court ruling Thursday. Specifically, the late Andy Warhol's use of a 1981 photograph of Prince by rock and roll photographer Lynn Goldsmith as the basis for a series of silk screens, one of which was produced for a Vanity Fair article in 1984 and then republished after Prince's death in 2016. The justices ultimately coming to a 7-2 decision in favor of Goldsmith over Warhol's foundation. The court again pushed back on claims that Yuga Labs actually doesn't own trademark rights because NFTs are intangible. To back up the ruling, the court cited a recent copyright case involving the luxury fashion brand Hermes and Meta Birkins, an unauthorized NFT line that uses images of fake Birkin bags. That's interesting. In that case, a New York court ruled that goods don't have to be tangible in order for trademark laws to take effect. And they ordered Meta Birkin's creator, this guy Mason Rothschild, to pay 133000 to Hermes. This area of the law, I get a sense, will change rapidly with the advent of AI. 
but it is important to know that early cases like the Yuga Labs v. Ryder Rips are signs of future legal thought. Does it adapt or does it change or do the courts hold fast on historical precedent that never took into consideration all of the intricate workings of crypto, the blockchain, and of course, NFTs? If an artificial intelligence creates a piece of art that looks just like a Basquiat original, who owns it? That is one of the core questions being debated as AI-powered artwork floods the internet. We got these images from Dolly 2, one of dozens if not hundreds of AI image generators. Here's how it works. AI programs are fed pieces of existing artwork to learn how to draw. But sometimes the AI is trained without the artist's permission. For more, I'm joined by Bradley Hulbert. He's the founding partner of McDonnell, Bowen, Hulbert, and Bergdorf, LLP, an intellectual property law firm. Brad, in your legal opinion, if artificial intelligence creates an image, who owns it? It depends. Uh, the law is playing catch up with uh, the new technology. And so it's it depends. If, uh, but the law says if you create something, you know, the work of authorship, you own it. Uh, if you take someone else's uh, copyrighted material and you add to it, then there's two copyrights on it. Uh, the original author and then what the second author was added to it. So it depends. Uh, the Copyright Office, though, has also said that only humans can be authors uh, to get a copyright. So it's uh, unclear at this point. And it, the law is, is changing. In addition to infringing on Yuga Labs trademark, Rips and Cahan also broke rules related to cyber squatting or the act of registering domain names similar to trademarked brands with the hope of profiting off of a perceived connection to them. Rips and Cahan created and used the rrbayc.com and apemarket.com domains, both of which contained Board Ape Yacht Club branding. It was confusingly similar to the Yuga Labs branding. It's not clear how much Rips and Cahan could end up paying in this case. The ruling concludes that Yuga Labs is entitled to damages, but it says the amount will have to be determined at a later trial. Maybe Ryder was trying to make a point, but the point might sting him in his pockets if Yuga Labs gets a significant judgment against him. There was that report about the SEC investigating um Yuga and Bored Apes? Do they think those are securities? Um, what do you make in general of how regulation is going to affect this space? Because uh, I've been doing this a long time and I remember the ICO boom and then it kind of passed and now it, it looks to me like it's the same era again where they're going after both new recently launched tokens, in some cases maybe NFTs, and also still old years ago ICOs. It's kind of everything. But at the same time you ask people and they say, well, we're optimistic because maybe we'll get a some type of crypto law and clarity. But is that something that you have to spend much time thinking about as you grow? Yeah, I mean, I think from our perspective, it's not that surprising given everything else that's going on, as you mentioned, uh, that NFTs are getting looked at. Policymakers want to know more about Web3 across the board. It's new, it's, it's uncharted waters. And at Yuga, we, we take our position as industry leaders seriously, and we want we look forward to the opportunity to work with the rest of the industry and policymakers to help shape the ecosystem. 
With another interesting twist in what is turning into an ongoing criminal and legal saga, the Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, is currently investigating whether NFTs sold by Yuga Labs violated security registration laws. This is interesting. The news confirmed the likelihood that was once unthinkable that the US government may be seeking to regulate the multi-billion dollar NFT industry as a securities market. I don't know why this surprises anyone. Multiple legal experts took this development as a clear signal that the SEC, which has aggressively ramped up its attitude towards crypto regulation in recent months, is taking unprecedented steps towards asserting its dominion over the virtual art market. But let's be clear, at some point, the SEC, the FBI, the Justice Department, the DEA, and Homeland Security are all going to catch up with the myriad of scams that have taken place in crypto and NFTs. And let me give you the exact way it'll happen. The criminals operating now inside the NFT world most likely will think they've gotten away with their little jucks, only to have the US attorney come out of the woodwork a year or two years from now when the FBI and other federal investigators have figured out how all this shit works. Then you'll have splashy headlines, Netflix documentaries, and hundreds of federal cases that crushes these NFT kingpins. It happens like this all the time with crime. And the US government, you know, they're just behind the times by three or four years, but promise you, they'll get there. This may have been inevitable, but it does look like fraud has already found its way to the red hot NFT market. A new report from the blockchain firm Chainalysis finds two major types of fraud are already evident in the market. The first is called wash trading. You might be familiar with that uh, from financial markets. That's when one owner trades between his own entities to make it look like there's a liquid market out there. Chainalysis found 262 wash trader groups active in NFT markets generating profits so far just under $9 million. There hasn't been any enforcement action on any of that yet. They also found money laundering, that is illicit addresses sending more than $1.4 million worth of crypto to NFT markets in the fourth quarter of last year, and more than $280,000 sent from addresses with what they call sanctions risk. They also see a significant amount of stolen funds going to NFTs. These numbers so far, Kelly, they're low, but Chainalysis suggests that's because criminals are really just getting started in this market and there's a high risk for the future. All of that raises some questions about enforcement and regulation in this brand new and sometimes mind-bending market. It makes perfect sense that the SEC would target a major NFT brand to kick off its push into regulating the NFT space. People buy into blue chip NFT collections like Bored Apes because of their reputations, not because of the artistic value of individual NFTs. And that looks just like purchasing stocks in a company. What you're buying is a piece of the Bored Ape Yacht Club and the value of your NFT rises or falls along with the value of the Bored Ape Yacht Club brand. I don't think there's much doubt that the vast majority of people buying very expensive NFTs are expecting a profit. 
by stepping in and regulating the NFT space, by starting with the biggest NFT brand of them all, would seem to go against the SEC's usual modus operandi. The SEC could be using Yuga Labs as a pawn in a greater game intended to keep out competing regulators, including the Commodities Future Trading Commission, the Treasury Department, and the Judiciary. Seems like they're just grabbing or pissing on this territory. Whichever agency steps into this arena first is going to be ultimately the one most likely to take it on in the long term. I don't think the SEC wants to see that turf to competing agencies. The SEC has three primary missions. First, it's to protect investors. Secondly, is to maintain a fair and orderly market. And third, is to facilitate capital formation. And to put it simply, they're basically the Avengers of the financial market. The SEC has a wide range of responsibilities, but one of its main roles is to enforce federal securities laws. This means they regulate and oversee the activities of various market participants, and these market participants include exchanges, brokers, investment advisors, and even public companies. And one of the key tools that SEC uses is the disclosure requirements. So what is the disclosure requirement? The disclosure requirement is basically that the SEC requires all companies that are offering securities to the public to provide certain information about their business. And these information might include um, financial statements or potential risks. And I think this is very important because this helps investors make informed decisions and to make sure they don't get scammed. It started out as a project with lofty ambitions and even loftier hidden meaning could turn ugly very fast with the Board Ape Yacht Club. I think personally, the only thing stopping a United States attorney now from looking into these things faster as a criminal matter is the sheer fact that they just have better criminal fucking masterminds to actually pursue. But in talking with law enforcement sources, the cartels, Russian mafia, and I'm sure black hat hackers, are already exploiting this new system in ways we can't even imagine. But there also has to be a little bit of who gives a shit. In pitching this story to people, I either get a look where their eyes glaze over or the people who really understand this shit see that this is just the start of a new frontier. And in order to understand a lot of this stuff, you need to throw away the old legal playbooks, the old models. The Board Ape Yacht Club is just a vehicle that yet again used celebrities to tie its brand to individual rocket ships of consumerism. The old, outdated courts of the United States of America are not equipped to handle these cases. If the geniuses in Washington were smart, they would create another court system. Let's call it the Court of AI, where experts and sophisticated legal minds who know this world can render judgment. We all know. That sitting judges aren't known for their youthful viewpoints. And with the way technology is exploding, the pace, I just say, good luck.